Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to today's show. Let me just tell you that this episode could go for like five hours because I love these two people so much, um, and I'm really excited to be able to share them with you. Today's guests are Krista and Phil Franks, and they are the founders of Owl and Key, which is a lifestyle design company. Fantastic, fantastic thing in this world, folks. They create products and experiences that help others unlock their inner wisdom and live with more intention. They've been been designing their own lives, which you will definitely hear about in this podcast, for nearly a decade around their most valuable resource, which is time. That exploration has led to a deeply meaningful and present life with their two sons while traveling the world, authoring two books, and guiding hundreds of others through their lifestyle design framework. And this is my favorite part of this bio, that they're on a mission to create as many quote unquote unlocks as possible for those who desire a more meaningful life. So guys, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank, Thank you. you for having us in that beautiful introduction. And creating the space for combos like this. Yes. I know. And this is my, this is the first two people, actually, maybe you're my second couple on the podcast. So I'm very, very excited about that too. Oh my Ooh. gosh. Yes. Um, so let's just jump in. So I was telling you earlier, there is a video folks. If you visit their website, that is so beautifully done. That explains kind of their why and their backstory, um, that I need to use that as a little bit of a jumping point, but number one, go listen to it. But number two, um, you know, it specifically said that you asked yourselves if we died tomorrow, you know, would we be satisfied? And you said, no. So take me back to that point and what life looked like then. Yes, gladly. This is <laughs> a powerful question in our everyday lives. 10 years ago, we, I will speak for myself because Phil and I were still on independent journeys around that time. Yeah. But I, for myself was checking all the boxes in life. We've all heard this story, yes. checking all the boxes, but how I felt inside was anxious beyond belief, stressed, overwhelmed, putting in 14 hour days at work. Really, I didn't know myself when people asked me, what do you like to do with your free time? I almost didn't have an answer. I didn't have hobbies because I was just so focused on work and achievement. My best relationships were suffering. My health wasn't prioritized. I didn't have a vision for life. And in fact, the only vision that I had for myself was when I looked out at myself at 60, all I thought was, I'm not going to make it. I'm going, I'm literally going to die of stress before then, if I don't change something. Mm -hmm. So I was 26, 27 at the time. And for me, that was scary as hell. I never wanted to get to 65, 70, the end of my life. And look back and be like, oh my gosh, I regret all of that. I didn't spend time with the people that I love the most. I didn't take care of myself. All I worried about was work and this job and trying to succeed and achieve. But for what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it dawned on me why well, I could die literally any day. Yeah. So I'm, if I'm going to make some changes, I better do that right now instead of waiting another 10 years, 20 years, there's no, well, if I, if I get to 60, then I'll change my life. There was, that was a big, clear opening for me at that stage that I knew right away. I had to change something. Yeah. How about you, Phil? What do you got? (laughs) 
<laughs> that's crushed that. Oh, that. that was, I know she crushed. That's pretty that. awesome. Um, well, so I'll give a little backstory about us two in this in this rewind. Um, so we met at the same workplace. At the time we met, I was a partner and director of design, and I oversaw a lot of facets of this wildly growing business. I mean, we were. I mean, she was employee number 12. I was employee number five. We got up to over 120 yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and we were doing the agency style living, right? Like the work hard, play hard. Yep. In your roaring 20s, like everything is about like building and establishing and doing all these things. But her journey actually was the catalyst for my journey in a lot of ways. We, we met together at work. We were both doing the work hard, play hard mentality she was this, this woman, I was this man. And we were very, very focused on, like she said, independent ventures. And it wasn't until she went on her, what I, what we call sabbatical, um, where she had this moment. And I remember this moment and she had a, a conversation with our then founder, one of our founders about, um, why we were doing this and it didn't resonate with her. And we had lots of conversations after, and she said, I have to stop. Like, I have to stop doing this. Unfortunately, we were in a position where we could do that and she could go out and explore and do these things. But her doing that really started to incept me in a lot of ways because I've always been entrepreneurial. I mean, my first and only job was this business. I mean, I came out of college, did this and jumped on the track of you know creativity in this way, building web applications. Um, and I was always building something. But that then that question came up of like, what are you building? Like, what this isn't going to be forever. What are you doing? And then she left and then we, you know, got engaged, got married, did continue to box check, living our very independent lives. Um, and we struggled in our relationship. I mean, very frankly, I mean, struggled in our relationship because she was changing and evolving and becoming a different version of herself. Yeah. And for me, like still being in this very unconscious world, I mean, living very blindly, I wasn't res like respectful of that or receptive to that at all. And it scared me. It scared the hell out of me because I was like, you're now becoming a different person and I don't know this person very well. And all these constructs around how we knew each other and how our relationship was built, the foundation began to shake. And that was a pretty trying time in our relationship, but a really powerful time in our relationship too, because we got to go into some like depths for the first time prior to marriage. And then after we got married, shortly after, um, we were pregnant with our first son. And that was really where my straw broke. And I think thinking about being a dad and knowing what I wanted to be as a father, um, it began to like really just trickle into everything. And I was making decisions differently. And I had a very um, pivotal moment. Um, we were in a meeting in Dallas, Texas, big, you know, HQ of a hospitality brand. Um, and we had just spent the last eight weeks slaving away, building these applications for someone. And I had what I call a Zach Morris moment where I was out of my body. Like I, I, yeah. I had my, my GQ creative director giddy up on, and I was around the oval table looking over the fountains and there were 20 executives around the table um, who were flown in from all over the country. And I remember I, when I got done with the last sentence, I, the, like time stopped and I got to see everybody's like truth. And it was very, dare I say spiritual, um, yeah. but it was very like out of body in a way. And I, I saw motivations, but I think what was really happening is I was seeing myself in them and they were a mirror for me. Yeah. 
And I was, I was like, I don't want this. Like, I don't, I don't want this to be my life trajectory. And these people were, you know, 20 years, my elder, 15 years, my elder. Um, and I was expecting a child at home. And I said, I don't want to be away. Like, I don't want to be missing my child's life for meetings like this. And then I flew home and I looked at her and I said, I think I'm done. And that's when we really began building our lifestyle together. Wow. And I mean, and to be able to hold space for each other through that, because as somebody who has done that with a husband, who's still like, he's in a, in a corporate environment, which fits him. We've had this conversation before about like, there's no way he could do what I do. And I do what he does, but that transition period between kind of falling into like your current selves and that period, plus entering kids, plus money, plus all the other things that come with marriage is, you know, one of the hardest things I think a lot of people have had to ever do, but, you know, to come to that, to come to that conclusion, I don't know about you guys, but do you feel like you dodged a bullet? Both of you? Oh, big time. Right. Yeah. I mean, like looking down the path of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what's interesting is like, those are the, I think those are the choice moments, right? Like those are the moments where adversity hits and it gets really difficult and you're given a choice, you know, you're given a choice. Like, do I run or do I actually dig into this and like actually dig into what it means and why it means this and why I'm being triggered by it? And maybe you don't have that language, but it's showing you something right. and it's uncomfortable. And then what do you do? And that I would say we dodged it, but it was because we chose to dodge it. Yeah, yeah. that's a very, very good way to, to put it. And I think, you know, to your point, you may not have the language, but I think it's more about getting curious right? And saying, well, where is this coming from? Because I think so often I've seen clients, and I know you probably have too, that haven't even gotten curious ever. They just assumed that this was how it was always supposed to be because it was shown to them, or maybe it's better than the generation before them, or, you know, they never knew that they even, they even had that choice, right? Do you guys see that? You must see that a lot. Totally. All All the time. time. And when you start to see someone, we call them layers and it's (laughs) almost like we, or you think about the onion layers or just these coats and jackets and shirts that you put on over life. Yeah over the time of your lifetime and you start seeing people pull those off like oh i can actually i can take this jacket off if i'm hot it's like yes yes <laughs> you have that choice and then we you know we all use this idea of unplugging from the matrix yeah and you can see it in people's eyes in their body language i'm sure you feel this mm-hmm. see this all the time yeah, i was yes. just talking to someone last night and i said this route that you're talking about that you should do or it seems like the thing that you, like you you're supposed to do next your body language, you're sunken in your your face is straighter. And as soon as you started talking about this other thing, everything lit up your chest opened your, I'm getting chills, but your face started to light up. And every single time we make those choices, because it's not just one choice. No, it's layer after layer after layer. And then just when you think you took off all the layers and you fully unplugged, you're like, Oh shit. I have more layers. (laughs) I've gotten to that point too. And I'm like, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Fuck, I'm not. I'm not good. You know, but that that actually kind of makes it interesting when you look at it from like the curiosity perspective and not like a oh, I'm broken. Like I'm still broken perspective. Which do you guys hear that in the work that you do too? Like they people just must think that there's just something wrong with them almost. Yes. Well, and what I love most about the work that we do and what we where we started with ourselves was just getting to know yourself and to to love your, like love who you are and define who you are instead of someone else coming on from the outside. And number one, telling you who you are. And number two, judging you for that. 
And so we give with the work that we do, Mm. we get to really see people step into the fullness of themselves and realize like, oh, I'm not broken. I'm just me. And now I get to creatively work with that, with the, the, what we call the form, the external world. Yeah. I'm not broke. I mean, there's nothing wrong with me. It's a great point too, because I think the, the belief of brokenness is actually an unknowingness of you. Yeah. And like, because broken by definition would mean that it's supposed to be a certain way, right? Like it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be put together this way. It's supposed to be this way. And so like, that was the big unlock for us was like, oh man, like, and, and we both dealt with our own egos and the unraveling as we call it, as we were going through those processes where these constructs that are so natural, whether it's, you know, a gender construct or whether it's a father or mother construct or whatever it might be, husband and wife, those things kind of creep up. And that's when you have to then reckon with them. You're like, do I have to be this way? I mean, I have a very visceral memory where, you know, after we made this decision to leave and to, to note on this transition point, it was, I was at my job all the way until the morning around 9.30 a.m. when she called me and she said, I would like you to come home now because I'm in labor. And that was the moment that I packed up everything and never went back. And it was like, I got my bag. I looked at my desk. I got on my bike because I was riding my bike back to our house. And I was like, my wife's in labor and life is about to change in multiple ways. And shortly after that, I remember like one of my personal experiences was like, I was unraveling from like my identity, like everything that I had built about myself was unraveling. Like you are this like higher powered, you know, partner at a growing agency. You know, you're, you've done this, you've done that. You work with huge brands all over the world. Like now, who are you? And this ego was like, now, who are you? And it felt small at first, but then it like, once you go into it, you're like, no, like this is exactly what I want. This is exactly what I desire. I want to be a present father. I want to be there and make breakfast every single day and have them know dads in his life. I mean, you keep just like unlocking that and you keep going deeper and deeper into those like knowings of what you want. Everything else fades away. Everything else fades away and your chatter becomes less and less and less and less and less. But it's not, I won't say it's easy by any means. No, no. And being a husband and wife team, both, you know, life and business partners, I will say for everyone listening, because we, we have talked before in the past, Michelle, of how important it is to be, to be honest, like we talking about who you are and feeling broken. There has been, there has not been a better mirror for me than this guy sitting right next to me in the hardest of times in our business and life we're the ones kind of reflecting back to each other, that brokenness. And so it, you know, we had to go through a ton of adversity as we unwound from our own stories. And then, you know, I've always had a story of I'm not enoughness. And just recently, you you know, that I said, I unsubscribed to that, but the journey of that brokenness and fully releasing that was a tough one. And Phil was a big part of it because he was constantly in that space with me. And I find that as you make those choices and go through those layers, it is hard. It is, it's a ton of adversity and it forces you to figure these things out about yourself. And you either choose to keep going with those stories or those feelings or those old definitions of self, or you choose to release them and work and literally work work through through them. them. Like the hardest work that we make a choice. I think that is the, that is the key thing we talk a lot about here is that even if, even if you are not a choice of right or left. Like you have a choice of how to feel about not having to be able to go right or left. So, I mean, just to be blunt though, I mean, what you're describing 
is sounds, I would say, I would say a lot of the couples I know would run the other way on a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, was there ever a point that you guys were like, yeah, we're not making it. No, we're, we're going to both kind of tap out. <laughs> we're our, done. <laughs> yeah. Our, we both know our worst moment. We've had our worst moment. We've had like cycles. We call them cycles mm-hmm. that we often go through as a relationship. Yeah. Yep. We're getting so much better at these things to therapy and all the work that we do. You together. recognize it, right? You recognize yeah, you're you in a cycle. cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yep. don't have to go to that place, but before that, you know, around our marriage time, when we were going through this big change, I was going through a big change. That was a hard time for us. Yeah. And then more recently, I think the hardest rock bottom moment when we really leaned into it was last year. I don't know why all these things happen all at the same time, but it's like, you know, I changed like my life and we got like, married. The universe is like, really? Here you go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and this past year, we were due to have our second son at the second week of quarantine. So we were in the midst of gearing up for having this beautiful labor again, like we did with our first. And then we had a labor, a pregnancy complication that forced us to go into induced labor three weeks early. And then that three weeks early meant we were at going to have a, a newborn in the second week of quarantine of COVID. So nobody knew what was going on. There wasn't even toilet paper in the stores. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. How am I going to do postpartum? This is ridiculous. And then we end up, you know, going and having a newborn and then COVID's happening. So then we're like, what are we going to do about the business? All of this stuff is triggering our survival modes and all of our biggest stories. And all we have is each other, just like all the whole world. We just had the people in our, in our houses. Mm -hmm. And so it compounded so much that it took us to our rock bottom moment where we were sitting on the couch and just, we had kept choosing every single day. This is one thing that I do admire about us within the coupleship is that we will keep working. We'll, yeah. we'll literally wake up, we'll try to process it overnight. We'll wake up and say, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to take his feedback. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to try to, to integrate it in. So we had been going on like this for a while, just kind of working through our stuff. And it was all around money, right? It was all around like our fear. So much, so much of it is around money, right? People don't even realize. And I really, I mean, I think money as like the form-based representation, really what it was hitting was like base layer triggers, like the not enoughness and mine is security. Yes. So I have a very deep trigger of security. Hers not enoughness. And so the money was of the catalyst for these yeah. like deep layers to like come to the surface. And it was like, Whoa. And that was, that was a moment where we, we, we hit the divorce word and we were like, Whoa, are we going to be able to make, make it through this? And, um, we're sitting on the couch. I'm crying. crying He's I'm crying. crying. And kids we said, yeah, yeah, the kids are asleep upstairs. We're like, yeah, we're going to keep doing this is, or are we going to choose to explore divorce. Yeah. And as soon as the word was said, and we've said this it was out like loud, so in the past, intuitive. it was, it was like, like, no, so yeah. that's not it. Mm-mm. No, because that didn't feel like the work that we needed to do. It felt like we had hit the bottom and now it's time to start climbing out. Yeah. Well, I mean, also sometimes you need that needs, it needs to be said. Yeah. Yes. I think like, I know, 
from, from hitting rock bottom in my marriage and some really hard during some really hard chapters too. It has to be said because you're both thinking it on some level, you both are thinking like, is this too broken again to be fixed? Or do we need to choose a different thing? But you know, at least then it's a conscious choice, right? And you're not just defaulting to like, well, you know, divorce isn't an option or, you know, you're just shutting yourselves in. you're keeping all of the things open and on the table, but also you guys had a business together. So it was a little bit different than just like, oh, let's just, you know, get rid of our marriage. I mean, just, I, yes, (laughs) all of the things that you just said, I can't even imagine, especially from a postpartum phase of life. I don't know how you didn't jump out a window because so much hormones, so many changes. The second one is harder than the first one, Mm -hmm. at least in my opinion, because everybody's making adjustments, Um, Mm -hmm. you know? And so how did you, how did you pivot your business during that? Cause I don't, I didn't know you guys before before that. So I think what was interesting about that moment is like, I do remember like the, I use a lot of visuals to like just anchor myself in what it was. And I almost, I almost remember like getting below it all. Like when we were in that conversation, it's almost like we were dropping, dropping, dropping. And I went below it all to that, to that very, very base layer. And I remember looking at her at one point and saying like, what am I fighting for? Like, what, like, what am I, what am I on you about? What am I angry about? What am I scared of? Like, we have all this beauty, like in our lives, like each other, our children, our home, like our lifestyle that we build and we're experiencing. And it was then like, it was like my butt hit and our butts hit. And we started to go right back up. And I will say that I think that those experiences like really allowed us to begin the process of going two feet in. So the question you asked was about Alan Key. And up until that point was we were a very, like, I'll call it a hybrid business where we were a lifestyle business that was like satiating our needs. And, but we did a lot of work and focused a lot of energy and time on the old era of what we knew. So design applications, graphic design, consulting, things like that. Mm -hmm. While Krista was continuing to build the people design work of all of our products, do things on that. We called it sides of the business. Yeah. Um, But that moment, I think really, we went back into our work And we had been doing strategic planning for life for a long time. And we went back into our work and we looked at what we wanted our lives to be like and our tethers to reality and what mattered to us and our values and all these things. And we said, all of those things like brought us back out of like the dark back Mm -hmm. into the light. Yeah. And it also, I think, started our belief that like this was really, really, really powerful stuff because it saved us. It's it's saved us multiple times, but it's shown us a lot of like upside also by doing this work. And that was really, I think the beginning of going two feet in both of us being two feet in on Alan key and the pivot to a lifestyle design company for more of a design agency to a lifestyle design company. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the last remnants, right? Like, cause I come from agency world as well. And like, it is a lifestyle that you are, it is an expectation. Like you said, work hard, play hard, you know, the paycheck comes in, it's like the consistent client flow, like all of that stuff. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to blow it all up, you just blow it all up at once, right? Mm-hmm. With pandemic. So why not? Like that's kind of the I taken. <laughs> yeah. Just like, poof, like all of it at once. And I mean, I think it's, I think it's really interesting what you guys said about you went below the surface because a lot of the times 
I hear from clients and I've said it to myself that the times where I am in conflict, the times where I am unhappy, it is typically not the external thing that is necessarily driving that anger or that unhappiness. Typically it's because I've disconnected in some way from whatever the value set is my husband and I too, like if we're fighting and brawling, chances are we're in our heads, we're in the ego state and we're not really rooted. Like you said, in what that those life values are, um, which is a beautiful thing. And that's what we, sorry. And that's what we really had to do too, was we had to, I think what that did, and and this happens every single time we go through the cycle is we deepened our trust Mm -hmm. because we showed that we were willing to work on ourselves because it always starts with self Mm -hmm. and we're both willing to work on, you know, I was willing to work on my own stories, accept them, take ownership of them and start working on them while also understanding, but trying to better understand his stories and then trying to better support those stories of security and trying to use my strengths and superpowers to hold space for his, yeah. which ultimately makes us better business yes. partners. Right. I mean, it's so, no different. Right. So then like our entire, over the last year, I would say that two feet in has transformed our business, our mindsets, or even our financial mm-hmm. system that we yeah. use to operate the business and our personal lives. We completely re-engineered it to be able to support all the, so those things all because of the rock bottom mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nowhere to go, but push off yeah. I know. <laughs> in the surface, right. When you're like sitting there in those moments and if you're listening People, and, you, and you're questioning whether or not you've been experienced one, you probably, maybe you haven't quite yet because there's no question when you're there yeah. Um, in hindsight, especially. And I mean, from a, from a business perspective, what you just described is just good business, right? Like if you have an employee or if you have a partner, mm-hmm. if you have anything, the strength lies in the ability to equally appreciate one another's, like what they bring to the table in their zone of genius. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's, yeah. Go ahead. You were talking about Glenn and Doyle earlier. Well, and the one thing I love, you know, clearly about your approach is the personal in business because they're so intertwined, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They're integrated. That's the belief. Yeah. And one thing that Glenn and Doyle and Amy Wambach said the one time that I just has stuck with me was that you have to lean into conflict. Yes. If you are in a good, healthy relationship, if you have a good friend, if you have a good business partner, if there's a conflict, the relationship is only going to get stronger. If you lean into that from a place of, I really want to, to honor the fact that this is a tough situation and I'm going to choose to work with you. And I'm willing to go into the depths with you. Yeah. Cause you don't even necessarily need to be on the same page, but you do need to be at the same table. If that makes yeah. sense. Right. Like, I mean, I've seen so many partnerships and so many, like just, I'm thinking of just upbringing and like, I'm Irish Catholic, God bless my family, but you don't talk about that shit. Right. Like yeah. you just don't, you just, you just keep going and let it go. And all of those kinds of phrases that I never, I guess I was always kind of the weirdo. And I was like, no, I don't want to fucking let it go. Like, this is a problem. Like, yeah, let's talk about this. You know, and I think I can, I can literally hear some relatives being like, we're not sitting in a kumbaya circle for our life, Michelle. Like, but (laughs) however, like to your point, when it comes to a household and especially like, Phil, I'm going to zero in on you for a second because you are a guy, go figure. Like we know that, but you have two boys at home. And my husband and I have a lot of conversations about this as well, about, 
the gender roles and who does what? And like, why do you have to miss out on it? Because you're the guy. Why does she have to do this? Because she's the girl. Like there's so many, I feel like it might be our generation that's coming up. That's just kind of challenging. So many of those, those things. Cause my husband said the same thing when people, you know, applaud him for taking care of his kids and things. Um, I literally, we literally just had this conversation the other day where she she said a statement that someone in passing had mentioned to her about her trip that she just recently went on. And it was around like, did you have to like coddle your husband to be able to take care of the children? No. And I was like, why? Like, why is that the standard? You know, like, why is that the standard that a, that a yeah. male has like is assumed that he's so far removed. He doesn't even know how to feed his own kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but yeah. that was a, but that was a, a proclamation. Like that was a choice, a very deliberate choice. Yes. And there's, I'm going to, I'm always subscribed to, there's no right way to do things. There's no wrong way. Like everybody's exactly. their yeah. journey. and my choice was that was like in, very intentionally, like, this is the dad that I want to be. This is the father that I want to be. And that, that choice has a lot of like design challenges in, in, in our old life. Like, how's that going to work with how we work and live? How's that going to yeah. work with money and finances? How's that going to work with, you know, things that we were doing. There's a lot of things you have to consider when you say these things in, in, in the big way, like I want to, or someone saying like, I want to work from the Maldives, like, okay, like let's reverse engineer that. Like, how can you do that? And that's what I think is so powerful about it. It from a mindset perspective is that if you look at your life like that, and you mentioned curiosity earlier and open-endedness, like if everything is an option and every construct is kind of pushed against or even shattered, then you can build it from unraveling to then rebuild your life exactly how you want to build it. And mm-hmm. I go to, I go to playgrounds now at 10 AM with my boys, two boys. And I have people still looking at me like I'm a superhero. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, we do this every week. Like I love doing this. And I yeah. get asked if I'm a stay at home dad. And I'm like, well, kinda, you know, like, and I enjoy the conversations, but it's, it's a fun story to tell now because of how we've decided to build our life where, we don't really subscribe to those things for us and it works. Right. And it it gives people permission to, I'm thinking of a client I was just speaking to the other day who was architected his business so that his, his wife just had their second child. And he was like, he's like, I brought my, my oldest to daycare. He's like, I'd never been able to do that until now. And he was like, and we were talking about it and I was like, that was never an option for your dad. Was it? And he was like, no, he's like my dad, like, even if he wanted to, it wasn't a thing. Like, and imagine the flip side of that, where, you know, that pain that was caused. So there's two sides of it. And I think, like you said, there's no right or wrong way. There's just your way. Yeah. And, but you, you guys are also permission. Like you're giving people permission to kind of create it from the ground up, which is just absolutely beautiful, hard as hell, but beautiful. Right. Yeah. And also why I admire like you and your work and what you preach and stuff like that, because even what you said earlier, we're like, I'm not going to accept letting it go. Like, I'm not going to accept like sitting in this chair and doing the thing that I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm going to make my own choices. I'm going to build my life in the way that I want to build it. It's just more people need to be, you know, preaching and then also walking that walk from that talk. Yeah. And I think to your point, like you can say sky's the limit at least have that mentality to begin with, because then from there, it's just logistics. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at it. I'm like, okay, then it's money and process and those other things that can be looked at. It's not, those, those are no longer blockers. They're just tactical moves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Love that. And I want to say too, and I want to make sure that this is a point because we all agree. And this is why you have the resilient entrepreneur podcast mm-hmm. is because it is hard work. Yes. Yes. It, absolutely. When we look back on our lives because mm-hmm. our beautiful human brains will make this true. Mm-hmm. We will look back, especially us. We'll look back and be like, Oh, we're so glad we did it that way. We're so glad we had that time with our children, yeah. but in the moment it sucked. It <laughs> is so hard. You're like, ah. And I just want to be clear about that because it's not all clear and crystal clear. It is a constant, well, we've talked about this. You and I have like the design iteration. You try some, you know what you want. You try some logistics, you work with it. And then you're like, oh, well, that didn't work out really well. Let's try this thing. And then you just keep iterating and you just have to commit to the journey, not the outcome, but the journey of it. Because some days it's so hard. I mean, I will look at my Fitbit on a day that I'm with the boys because we have like split work days. And by the end of the day, Phil will be like, Oh, I got this really great workout in and I got 10 or 12,000 steps or something. And I'm like, I got 20,000 steps, 10 miles. (laughs) What did you do? And I was like, you're like parents. Yeah. That's yeah, a, I yeah. always said that should be a thing on Apple watch. It should be it like should be. parenting, parenting. <laughs> it should be like yeah. carrying a toddler in a basket of laundry up the steps. It's frozen no bicep curl the whole no. day. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's, or just a, carrying a newborn and the muscles that you use yes. with a newborn that you didn't even know you had in your body and like right. how sore they get. Right. <laughs> like, but I think, you know, what you're, you're saying about kind of architecting it and pushing against that construct too, because, and, and admitting that it is a constant thing. I yeah. think that that is one construct we need to just mm-hmm. push back against is that there is a set it and forget it at some point in life. Like I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> like If there is like a switch that's going to flip cool. Like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it and I haven't seen it in any of my friends either, but there is this mentality that you're just going to reach this point and then it's smooth sailing, which that is, you can't have light without dark. Right. Wow, there it is. Like, right I just can't, I can't get it. I don't get that. That's um, the, that yeah. shift is huge where it was like, we, we realized you kind of have to walk through the inferno. Yes. You get to the other side and to get to a different version of yourself. And the, the easy path is not going to produce long-term, sustainable, happy results, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there, it's going to fizzle out. Short-term will always not, not work out. And this yeah. is hard stuff. Like, and it's challenging. It pushes you to your limits. And, um, but it's also on the other side, the, the best thing that yeah. we've ever chosen to do with our lives is to really dig in and get intentional with it. And it's why you guys can work together. Because like you said, you understand the people first and you understand where you're coming from and you understand your triggers and all that stuff. So then you bring that to the, the boardroom for lack of a better term or your living room, wherever you want to be. Right. <laughs> so, cause it's all kind of the same. Cause it's people at the end of the day, we're dealing yeah. with people folks. Right. Um, well, this is amazing. This conversation flew by. And I think as always, we could just talk forever, but can you tell people, cause they need to go find you guys. Can you tell them where they can do just that? Yes, absolutely. Um, the best way to learn more about us is at allenkey.co and that's all spelled out. And then we also have a podcast that Michelle was just featured on and people were raving about Michelle and it's called the unlocked podcast. And that's with Phil and Krista Franks. And then we also have an Instagram account, which is owl underscore and 
underscore key. And you can find <laughs> our personal accounts there also. I love it. And I have to ask, because I don't think I've ever asked you why owl and key. Good oh, good question. I don't think I've ever asked that. Have you ever had one of those moments where you just get almost like an intuitive knowing and you just stop in your tracks and I'm getting chills thinking about it? Yeah. Okay. So I had one of those years ago when I started on my journey and it was owl and key all to the point where Phil even designed the brand for me. And it was just going to be me. But then I then had this moment where I was sitting and journaling and I was like, I can do my business by myself and be a solopreneur, but I don't want to. And then I wrote down it's Phil as my business partner, but there was no, that was like not about to happen. So little did I know though, that years ahead, you know, in a couple of years, he was going to leave his partnership and we were going to go into business together. And we were happened to be on this walk where we were deciding what to call the business. And I was like, you know, I had that thought owl and key. And he was like, no, but what I do is I incept Phil's brain. And then after a little time, he comes around and he goes by the end of the walk. I still remember it. Like it was yesterday. He goes, you know what? I think we're going to be owl and key. And what we didn't know, Michelle, how was perfect it how is. perfect it is because my whole being mm-hmm. is an owl. Mm-hmm. The willingness to like She's be in the, the dark explorer. and seeing that like mm-hmm. the wise, the yeah. wisdom, like that's me. But he is the key. He is the action, like the one who's willing mm-hmm. to to start running before he knows if it's okay or not. Like, yeah. And so the, the fact that it happened like that is such a cool story. Yeah. And it just came about and so now cool. it's like the it, most it, perfect the brand fit. that story infiltrates like all that we do too yeah. you know even the the flagship product strategic planning for life like it's a two-piece product the first half is awareness the, the second half is integration and awareness is the owl and integration is the key yeah and that's really just permeates through our our brand and our work so if that's not a a hint for all of everyone to just follow that intuitive energy <laughs> and just not question it and just allow it to happen i don't know what is Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, like you guys, it's unlocked, right? You guys unlock each other too with that. That's what I was thinking when I was listening to it and what a beautiful, what a beautiful combo. And we're lucky to have you guys in the world for that. So, um, folks go find them, please go to all their places, like them, love them, all the things. Um, and guys, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really love this conversation. We did too. Thank you for having us such a beautiful podcast.